Please turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. Now, I chose this as a break in our series through the book of Acts because I really want to refocus our attention on Easter. We're entering into that season and we need to think about it. Why was it necessary that Jesus Christ should come on earth into the world? Somebody was telling me that Christianity is simple. Why, why have we made it so complicated? Well, it is simple, but it is also not simple. Why did Jesus come into the world? And the Holy Spirit by Paul answers that question directly. 1 Timothy 1, let me read from 15 to 17. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of all of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, so keep that question in mind. Why did Jesus come into the world? Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, come into the world. Verse 15 says, he answers it this way. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Why does he begin this way? You should just answer the question straight away. He doesn't. He says, what I'm going to tell you is reliable. What I'm going to tell you is true. You can bank everything on it. You can sit on it. You can throw yourself onto it. It is not a story that has been made up by people. It is trustworthy. When we say someone is trustworthy, we think of truth, we think of all kinds of things. This saying, what he is going to say, is trustworthy. It is true. It doesn't matter all the arguments that have been marshaled against it in the last 2,000 years. It still stands as something you can place your life on. You can put your hope in. You can really rely on in every dimension. And then he says that it is not only trustworthy, it is worthy of full acceptance. So you don't just hear it. It is the thing that is worthy of full belief. You've got to believe it. You've got to accept it. We often tell people um, or ask people whether or not they are Christians. Have you accepted Jesus into your life? So it's not like something that is there and you take it and put it into your pocket. You place it somewhere in your life. This is, this deserves full acceptance. That is, every aspect of your life, this 
trustworthy saying has to permeate. It has to impact. It has to touch. And what is the saying, verse 15 again, that is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance? He says three things. Number one, Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. The Messiah, Jesus. What is the saying that is worthy of full acceptance because it is trustworthy? It is a person. Christianity is about a person. The gospel is a person. The Lord Jesus Christ. The reason the saying that Paul is about to say is trustworthy and uh, worthy of full acceptance, it is because it's about a person who is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the King. And he is the human being. Christ Jesus. The one who came from Nazareth. And that is why the gospel is true because it is a person. He is trustworthy. It is not just knowledge about him. I was listening to some people who are not Christians and they said they, they like Jesus. They like Jesus because he taught us to love our neighbors. All these things are uh, good things. And by the way, every religion teaches that. Well, and that is really not at the heart of it <laughs> what the gospel is all about. It is about a person, Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, and what that means for everything in the universe. The reason he calls us to love our neighbor is because of what Paul is about to say here. It's not because it's a nice thing to do. It is worthy of full acceptance. Deserves full acceptance. Deserves full acceptance means that you're not accepting just words and just theory. You are accepting a person. This that he is saying he is trustworthy because he is talking about him. He deserves full acceptance because he is talking about him, Jesus. The first thing he says is Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's what we are about. That's what the gospel is all about. The person, the Lord Jesus, the King, the Messiah, the one for whom Israel has been waiting and he is here. He is here. He has been here. There is no salvation apart from him. There is no way to escape the coming wrath of God, holy wrath of God, apart from Jesus, that you accept him fully. And we'll see in a minute. What about this Jesus? What is the saying about this Jesus that is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance? He came into the world. That's the second thing. He came into the world. Now think about it. He came in where? He came into the world. This world. Yes, he came into this world. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He built his tent amongst us. He built his home amongst us. You are talking about a broken world as we have it. You are talking about the world that sinners have marred. You are talking about a world in which there are murderers. And by the way, he himself will be killed. You are talking about a world in which there is selfishness. You are talking about a world in which lovers of old become such enemies in time. You are talking about a world where we are at each other's throats. 
You are talking about a world where at the workplaces people will step on people's shoulders in order to climb. You are talking about a world in which the way I want to be in the light, the way if I want to promote my image, I have to destroy yours. And he went where Christ Jesus, the Holy One of God, came into this same world. The world of sinners. The world that is broken. Thank God his grace continues to sustain it. Christ Jesus came where he came into the world. He came into our world. And not only this world as a globe, as a universe, he came into your world. And that is what the Lord Jesus always wants to do. He wants to break in into people's world. Into your world of work and your world of marriage and your world of relationships. And these worlds, he came there. That's where he wants to come. That's where their work ought to be done. And why did he come into this world? The third thing, he came into this world to save sinners. He came into the world of sinners in order to save sinners. In order to rescue sinners. From what, my brothers and sisters? Sin is a serious thing. If you think about the reason Christ came into the world to die, if he would come into the world to die in order to save sinners, sin must be serious. Sin must be destructive. Look at the world into which he came. It is like this because of our sin. Because we rebel against God. Because we are wiser than God. Because we want to run our relationships the way we think it ought to be run. And then he came in there to look for sinners and to save them. So that they will be rescued. I will be rescued. I will come out from the power of sin. Sin will no longer be my master. Because Christ, my master, came into the world to save, to make me free, to set me free. And then Paul describes himself of which I am the first. He said, I am the foremost. I am the first. How is he the first? I don't think that is how we would describe ourselves. Verse 13, he says, I was a blasphemer. I blasphemed Jesus. You know Paul's story. I persecuted Jesus. I persecuted the church. And I was an insolent opponent. That is, I was arrogant. I was proud. You remember Paul when he started describing his credentials in other places? I can understand why he was proud. The guy was a, law, a religious lawyer by the highest standing, emeritus in what he did at his age, obeying everything to the letter. That was Paul. Now, a blasphemer, a persecutor of the church, they, in a sense, they are not as serious as what you couldn't see about Paul. The arrogance of his heart. Can you imagine when they were killing Stephen? And then he was, he was looking after their clothes when they had packed them so they would feel free to stone this dear brother of ours. And then he gave approval of it. Arrogance. But here's the good news. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, even Paul. 
Because for somebody who had marshaled everything against Jesus, persecuting the church, you see how Jesus interpreted it. He said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He hadn't seen Jesus anywhere, but the fact that Paul went after the gospel, after Jesus, after everything that the church stood for, Jesus says, you were doing it against me. Even Paul, even Paul, was not beyond God's reach. Verse 16, let me read verse 16. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Yesterday, a group of us um, had a time, a small group of us had a time with Reverend GFK at CDM. And as part of it, we heard people's testimonies as they stood to declare what the Lord had done in their lives. And the question you ask is, even you were saved. Even you were also rescued. Well, that is the reason Christ Jesus came into the world, not for those who would not describe themselves as sinners. You see, when he received opposition from the Pharisees, he said, don't worry, I did not come from the, for those who are well. I came for those who are unwell. Jesus came into the world to reach out to us, to rescue us, not just to pay for our sin, to rescue us from the grip of sin, the authority and the power of sin. Set us free completely from it so that sin is no longer our master. When he says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of which I am foremost, he is not encouraging sinning. Oh, go about saying, I am a sinner, Christ Jesus came. That's not, that's not what this passage is all about. He's not encouraging um, sinning. What he's doing is this. So that Timothy will continue, will persevere in putting Christ Jesus, the hope of the world, before people. If indeed Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Timothy continued to preach it. And that is why he says to Timothy later, I charge you in the presence of God who will judge the living and the dead. Preach the word. Put Jesus before people. Put the gospel before people. Call them to respond. Apply it to every aspect of their lives. He's not encouraging sin. In fact, he's encouraging freedom from sin because Christ Jesus came into the world to rescue us from sin. Jesus is trustworthy to do it. Now, let me pause here as I finish up and let me ask you, my dear brothers and sisters, this toiling Sunday after Sunday and preaching the word, preaching Christ, preaching the gospel to you, please, if you are continuing in sin and not surrendering to Jesus and not turning to him, I beg you in tears, with all fear and trembling, turn to Jesus and repent. Because that is why he came into the world. Don't insult the cross. Turn, please. Please. I beg you. I beg you. That is, this is what we live for. We want to preach this. Put Jesus before you. Please don't wallow in your sin. If you need help, call for help. Don't hide. If you hide, eventually it will catch up with you. And what you need to repent has been given to you. Christ Jesus came into the world for you to save sinners. 
in conclusion. Let me show you um, the goal of that, why he did that. Look, look quickly at verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful. So this is, he's talking as though he's been saved. He judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Please pay attention. Appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, insolent, but I, I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed to me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And then he continued the saying is trustworthy. Have you seen what Paul is doing? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners so that they you do not remain like that. He came, Paul who was a blasphemer has now become a servant. He appointed him to his service, not just in the things he did for God, but in the way he lived for him. So, of course, on the one hand, we are sinners. We are being saved. We have not been perfected yet. On the other hand, we have been saved from we no longer under the power of sin. And so we wrestle with it now. At first, sin will tell us what to do and we will just say, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Now we wrestle. We say no. We say no because now Christ Jesus has come into the world. He is my master. We can wrestle. And I wrestle with sin in Jesus. Part of wrestling is repentance. I turn. I turn. No matter how many times this occurs and is persisting, I will want to turn with the help of the Holy Spirit and confess my sin and ask Jesus for help and persevere in that respect. So he has come to save you so that you will be changed. So that I will be changed. What for? This is the ultimate. Let me read the ultimate for you and then I'll pray. The ultimate is this. Verse 17. To the king of, of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you know why Jesus came into the world? Yes, he came into the world to save sinners. But do you know why he came into the world to save sinners? He came into the world to save sinners in order to display the honor and glory of God. He displays it in the lives of individuals. He displays it in the lives of churches. He displays it in the life of the world as they are saved from sin and are being changed and transformed. They display the honor and glory of the king of ages. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for the fact that this saying, this gospel of Jesus, that the people of old, beginning with Adam and Abraham and Moses and David, and Daniel, they've all longed to look into this trustworthy saying, which is worthy of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, even us. I pray that you will display your honor and glory in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we